Last week, I said to my producer, Mallory Verbroker, I said, Jackie Mason died. Rick Hogan wrote a terrific obituary in the Tribune. Reach out to Rick. He probably won't come on the station because he has a conflict with WGN Radio. And she said, no, he'd be happy to come on. So I believe this is our first visit on air. I've talked to Rick a number of times. I think the last time I saw you, I ran into you at the Billy Goat, perhaps. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, that, but yeah, that, that's, that's likely, John. That's likely. You sitting down there with Rick Pearson, probably. Yeah, Ricky's there usually. They're only, you know, remember the old days at a place like the Billy Goat? It was really a regular hang-up for a lot of newspaper and media guys. Yeah. And now given COVID and everything else, but also the changes in newspapers and media, it's like Rick Pearson and Rick Cogan. That's, yeah. that's why it's empty. No one I, knows I haven't been there. I haven't been there, I'm sorry to say, yeah. since March of last year. You know, I'm yeah. up here at my house. And, uh, but uh, I hope Sam is hanging in there. And before that, I used to see you at Ricardo's. Yeah, well, I loved Ricardo's. Ricardo's was the uh, restaurant bar at the corner, just, uh, just west of uh, the Billy Goat at the corner of Russian Hubbard. It's where... <laughs> You know, the great fondness for me, that's where my parents met in 1948, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's like, that's what Chicago is for me. It's a lot I, of history. I also, and uh, this is a slightly indelicate, but uh, I knew a guy named Joe. He was a doorman towards the end of his life at Andy's Jazz Club. And he sure. said that uh, his, uh, I forgot his wife's name, began with an M. She worked there, too. But um, he said... You were lucky, not you, but Mike Royko was lucky to have you as a wingman years ago <laughs> at some bar because uh, Mike was inappropriate. Anywhere. Mike was inappropriate with Joe's wife. Uh, uh, Joe was from Melrose Park. He was not a man that took insults lightly, and he was no about kidding. ready to take Mike Royko apart, and you yeah. intervened and said, please, uh, he apologizes. Please. I'll get him out of here. That happened often. That happened often. I never thought of myself as really his wingman. I thought of myself as his, you know, incredibly much shorter and uh, skinnier bodyguard. Uh, <laughs> it happened. Mike would go. Mike would drink in saloons. And as a re and what also had happened, John, it wasn't always Mike's fault. Is you know, for Mike to go in a saloon, yep. uh, there are a number of people who would just, for whatever reason, want to talk with him, want to. BS with him, want to insult him, want to uh, get close to him. Yeah, it was not. It was not a pleasant, pleasant situation. How this but such Andy's a great is, town. Andy's is Andy's is still there. Yep. We got that going for us. Yeah, got that uh, going for us. I hope Scott is hanging in with Andy's too, just like a uh, Sam yeah, at uh, Billy Go. Boy, it's hard out there. It's hard out there. I talk to people who's. Clubs and restaurants are just in, you know, in danger of, you know, imminent failure. And we'll see what happens with, uh, you know, after this Lollapalooza weirdness uh, over the weekend and whether this increases and has, we have to shut down again. And uh, it just, it's been a hard, I'm not, this, this is the most redundant thing I've ever said. It's been a hard year and a half, not just for you and me and people and, in our game, but in people who run restaurants and who bust tables and who tend to bar, it's really been tough. Rick Hogan is here. I want to take you through a couple of subjects here quickly. First sure. off, I don't think I've, maybe I've told you this in person, but Everybody Pays, maybe one of the single best books about the Chicago outfit and the heartbreak that the outfit can bring to just normal, everyday guys like this young mechanic and family man who witnessed yep. Harry Ailman 
with a mob hit, and then he went through not one but two trials. I think Gus oh, Russo yeah. is a great writer about the outfit. I think this may be one Indeed. of the best books because it doesn't glorify anything. It points out what mobsters are. They're a horrible stain on our society. No question. I wrote it with Maury Posley. Maury covered the trial uh, of a guy named Harry Alleman, who was uh, in 1972 accused of shooting a guy uh, on the west side across the street from where a man named Pablo lived. He was uh, acquitted of this uh, murder. Bob Lowe, the witness, was put into the most half-assed witness protection program where his life, he had a wife and kids, his life spun out of control. It was not Harry Alleman, the killer, but Bob Lowe who wound up in prison. It, it just, it was a story, John, that, that uh, you know, it's been optioned a number of times for movies, and I just can't wait for someone to make the movie and if they can get the right guy to play these two. But you're really right. It's a the real sordid side of uh, of the mob. And Harry wasn't really, because he was half Mexican, he was really not a made member of the so-called outfit. He was just a killer. And we pay his number of kills at something in near 40, near 40 people, near 40, mostly bookmakers who tried to cut in on the mob. And, you know, Harry did eventually wind up going to prison for this murder but Bob Lowe paid a real price. It's, the funny thing is, a month ago, uh, I'm not going to tell you where he lives, because there's probably no one around, but I had lunch with Bob and his uh, wife, and they live with a nice German shepherd out in the country. And he, he has no real regrets. He also has no you know IRA fund. He has, he has nothing. He's an older man just you know playing out the string, but he has no regrets about, you call him a hero, and he'll, he'll almost punch you in the face. But he has no regrets about what he did. And I, I, there are very few people in this world I admire more than Bob Lowe. But thank you, John. That's a high compliment. Well, it's, a, I, it's an impactful book, yeah. and I, I just wanted to reference that. I know it's way back. It came out many years ago, but I recommend oh, it. Every, everybody pays the name 20, of the book. It came out. Its official publication date was September 10th. Huh. 2001. Yeah. 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 Talking, talking to Rick Hogan, uh, just quickly, I thought you had a great obituary sure. about Jackie Mason. I actually saw him on a bill with George Carlin, which is a very odd booking years oh ago. Oh, my God. Wow. Very odd. Wow. Very odd. Wow. And, I, you know, I saw him a couple of times. Um, I, you know, I, I just sure. caught a couple of things he did. Uh, you seem to think that he was truly one of a kind, maybe the last of this type of uh, Borscht Belt comedian. Yeah, you know, one of the things about Jackie that, that that I realized when I was writing this thing, I reviewed him and interviewed him a number of times. He dated a friend of mine, the mother of a friend of mine, a long time ago. So I knew him pretty well. And what I realized is he was a cantor and a rabbi. That was his profession until he was 28 years old. That is one of the things that I think made Jackie unique. He wasn't, you know, spending his time in nightclubs listening to other comedians this made him genuinely one of a kind. He was one of the least politically correct comics I've ever known. I mean, he was up there with, uh, you know, not that idiot Andrew Dice Clay, but, you know, someone like Lenny Bruce. Uh, and, and he, he, the only two people I can think of who are of his comedic generation are Mortsall, who is very, very old, 94, lives in Mill Valley, performs maybe if he's up to it once a week, and Bob Newhart 
who uh, is active on Twitter, is 91 years old. But that's about it. I mean, Rickles is gone, and the others are gone, and it is the last of a breed. And some of the stuff Jackie Mason said, especially in these very, very touchy times in this cancel culture in which we're living now, and Jackie Mason could no more get on a stage and do his act than than uh, than I could get on a stage and hang somebody. Uh, it really, it, and in a way, it's a shame. I saw the same thing happen to Royko, where the political correctness, uh, in, 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 there's nothing wrong, I don't think, with making observations that might hurt or sting somebody. But we have become such a careful society where everybody is out there to purposefully not offend anybody because they're worried about their job. Understandably, they're worried about their their profession, understandably. But I think we're getting way, way too sensitive. And that's one of the things about Jackie in just writing about him that I remembered that he, he was not. And people loved him. The, the, the amount of notes I got on that piece was really something. They Are you part of the documentary? That. Are you part of the documentary, Rick Hogan, regarding Mr. Kelly's? Uh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. But I, <laughs> I'm part. Of, I'm the official biographer of the documentary. That's for sure. Now, I was only in there a couple times. The, have you seen the documentary? Yeah, Scott? it's terrific. It's it, it's amazing. It's wonderful, and it 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 really is. It shows what that place was. I was only lucky enough to go in there. A couple of great shows. Uh, one was Bed Midler opening for Mort Saul. I was like 18, and my father who was a newspaper man in Chicago and a friend of Mortzell's took me there. It was also where I had my first alcoholic beverage <laughs> ever. A Jack, my father said, you seem to have a cold. And I said, well, I do have a cold. And he said, well, would you, I think you should maybe have a, a drink. And I said, really? You know, the, if he had known how that was going to be the ruination <laughs> of my life <laughs> from that one drink to hanging around with Rico, uh, Kelly's was an astonishing place. You could never have a place like that. Jackie Mason, before he had his, is Ed Sullivan problem, which was that Ed Sullivan thought he made a, Ed Sullivan thought he saw Jackie Mason give him, Ed Sullivan, the finger on his show. So he blackballed Jackie Mason for years. But before that happened in 1963, Mason, Mason played Kelly's a lot, a lot. He was one of the big names at Kelly's before, you know, George Carlin grew a beard. Yeah. Rick Hogan, uh, March of, uh, 2020, you were seriously yeah. ill with COVID. I went back and read that piece in preparation for this uh, this talk because it's still <laughs> under discussion, obviously, how serious this is. It was very yeah. serious for you. And how surreal was it when you learned that the Tribune thought you were in such bad shape they assigned somebody to write your obituary and then you were able to read it? That that's the, John, that's the only reason I ever, after I got out of the hospital, it seemed to be okay, Everybody there is like, Rick, you got to write about this. No one's had COVID. I said, I want to write about it. I want to write about it. It's personal. I don't share that kind of information. Then someone sent me this obituary they had written about me, and I was so angry. I was so angry, John, saying, oh, God damn it. How could you possibly? And the obituary was just was awful. It had a million things wrong, all sorts of things wrong, and uh, that was the only, that's the thing that compelled me to write that I had COVID piece. And uh, in, in a way, it was a few months after the the horrible five days. I don't want to make it. There are people who died of this disease, but it was five nasty days in the hospital. And I'm glad I did write it because I think a lot of people 
a lot of people shared with me their own experiences with it. Most people who get COVID don't wind up in the hospital. Yeah. They don't wind up on oxygen. One friend of mine, a guy who lived in the, worked in the building where I lived, uh, he got it like one day later and he died. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I think that it just, there's something to be said for sharing uh, troubles with other people. When you do, it, it it means something to them. And I'm not, you know, the COVID poster child, but, but I'm glad I finally did that piece. Nice talking with you. I admire your work. You I admire your radio work. And uh, I'm sure Likewise. we'll speak again. You know, listen, my radio show's on for two hours on Sunday night. I can't imagine you tune. And it's moved around, John. It's moved around. Well, I used so to listen to the Sunday years. papers. I thought that was there a terrific program. So did that, I. So yeah, did it was I. a terrific so program. Yeah. So did I. John, I, you know that I've admired you. And uh, every time we bump into each other, no matter whom I'm with and whatever saloon it is, I always like talking to you. Tell Rick Pearson to be careful. Of course, I almost every time I see him, okay. be safe, be right. safe. Thanks, John. Bye, Rick. To talk to you. Take care. Take care. Rick Hogan Bye. joining us here on Double Dale.